Thank you. We miss pastoring Janie this morning, don't we? And I've said this every time I get the opportunity to speak. Um, pray for your pastor. That's important that the family of Grace Church prays for their leader. Because when the Lord blesses pastor, we get blessed. When the Lord speaks and, and puts something in his pastor's heart, we end up getting the benefit for it. Honor your pastor and the Lord will honor you. Remember that. Honor your pastor and the Lord will honor you. Well, this morning we're going to continue on the series that pastor started last week on Blessed Assurance. And he, 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 he tapped into this, but he didn't really go into it deeply. We're going to look at it this morning. And that's looking at the generations of blessings that are passed down from generation to generation to generation. Now, if you'll bear with me, I'm going to introduce myself. You ready? I am Henry Bryant Polk III, the son of Henry Bryant Polk Jr., the son of Henry Bryant Polk Sr. I am the father of Aaron Bryant Polk and Jonathan Philip Polk, and I am the grandfather of Elias McCray Polk, who was the son of Aaron Bryant Polk, which is my son. Wow. Did you ever introduce yourself like that? little different, isn't it? But what this did, this gave you the understanding, kind of a synopsis of the Polk family line. Short synopsis, my grandparents down to my grandson. And it's interesting when we look in the Word, when God called Moses, he kind of did the same thing. Let's look at it. Exodus 3, 6, then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So when, when God called Moses to lead his people, Israel, out of Egypt, this is how God introduced himself. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, I'm the God of, God of Isaac, and I'm the God of Jacob. Kind of odd, isn't it? You would think that God would say, Moses, let me introduce you to myself. Look around you. Look at the fields. Look at the trees. Look at the plants. Look at the animals. Look at the birds in the air at night. Look up at the stars. Every star I placed in its place, every star I know by name. That's not what he did. He said, Moses, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I think God was saying, I'm the God of people. I created all things, but my heart is with mankind. That's who I am. And God passes on his his blessing to generation after generation after generation. I think when he said that, he was saying to Israel, learn who I am. As I was faithful to Abraham, so I was faithful to Isaac. As I was faithful to Isaac, so I was faithful to Jacob. As I was faithful with Jacob, I will be faithful to you. God writes history in generations. 
That's who he is. When you read in the Word, there's more than 150 uh, references to generations in the Bible, and it speaks of permanence, of history, of passing on legacy from one generation to the next. Even in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 3, Peter calls God the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And even Jesus in Matthew 22, 31, and 32 says this, Now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. This tells us that the promises he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are still in place today. You see, God wants to be the God of my grandparents, the God of my parents, my God, the God of my children, the God of my grandchildren. That's how the blessings flow. But what are blessings? I looked up the definition of blessing. Blessing is a special favor, gift, mercy, or benefit. So when God blesses you, he blesses every aspect of you. Everything you put your hand to prospers. Your health is prosperous. Your finances are prosperous. Your family is prosperous. Your home is prosperous. Everything that you do, everything about you is blessed. And we want that for our children, don't we? We want that to go on down the line, but we must understand that we play a vital role in God blessing the generations after us. It, you and me, if we drop the ball in this, we don't get round number two. We don't go back to go and start over. It is our responsibility to pass this thing on. You and me, we are responsible. God has handed it to us. And we must take the mantle and carry it on. Reminds me of the Olympic Games. How many of y'all watched the Olympics? When were they? A couple years ago, I guess. And they, uh, they, they occur every few years. And it's interesting. They have in Greece, there's a runner who gets a torch. And they light the torch. And the runner begins to run. And he passes it on to another runner and passes it on to another runner, passes it on to another runner until it reaches the place of the Olympics and the last runner lights the cauldron, which is the official beginning of the Olympic Games. Now, today it's a little different because, you know, it's all around the world, so you have to get on a boat or a plane or whatever. But they're very sure that that flame does not go out. They're a protector of the flame, and they pass it on to the next runner that is a protector of the flame on down the line to make sure that flame doesn't go out. We are the same way because we have the flame of faith in our lives, and we must stoke that flame and make sure it is strong and powerful and seen and passed on to the next generation and make them understand the value of that flame to understand it must be passed on psalm 78 2 through 7 says this i will declare wise sayings i will speak mysteries from the past things we have heard and known and that our fathers have passed down to us we must not hide them from their children but must tell a future generation the praises of the lord his might and his wonderful works he has performed he established a testimony in Jacob and set up a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children so that a future generation, children yet to be born, might know. 
They were to raise and tell their children so they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep his commands. This shows us that the generation that is going off is to pour into the generation that is coming up. And the generation that's coming up needs to understand the value and the examples that are set forth by the previous generation embrace those. And that way there's a cycle that continues on and on and on and on. That's God's design. You see it in nature, and he has placed that within the family unit as well, passing it down from generation to generation. A few weeks ago, Tammy and I had the opportunity to trade in her vehicle, and we got a newer vehicle. And it was at a dealership, and I hate to haggle. It's like, dude, just get to the bottom line. Let's just get this over with. You know, they're like, spend all day long. Let me go see my manager. You know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, I think I got a good deal. At least I think I did. You know, I, I feel pretty good about it. Whether I did or didn't, who knows. I may have been laughing all the way watching me run out of the parking lot. I don't know. But when we got home, I got the owner's manual. And, man, it was in a big bag about this big. And I opened it up, pulled out the owner's manual, and there's this big book. I told Tammy, I said, man, this is big as a Bible. This is huge. Going through each page and all this stuff, and then there's another book that's about half as big, and it's all the electronic gadgetry that's in here. We're still trying to figure out how things work. My point is this. You see, we bought this vehicle used or pre-owned. Makes it sound more expensive, doesn't it? And see, the original owner had this owner's manual, and he used it to understand how to properly operate the vehicle. And when he passed this vehicle on, he sent the owner's manual with it, and we received the vehicle, and we had the owner's manual. So we're going through trying to figure out how to properly operate the vehicle the way it was designed to be operated. This is our owner's manual right here. This is the manual that we must use to properly understand the pathway of life and to properly instill that within our children and our children's children. It's imperative that we do that because there is a world's owner's manual as well. And the world celebrates people that pull away from their family and become their own man. It becomes successful without anybody's help or anybody's input. They were their own man. Look what they did on their own. And they celebrate that. I'm not saying that's completely wrong. But even Jesus described the relationship between a father and a son. In John 5, 19, what I see the father doing, I do. Even Jesus had that Relationships. So we've got to embrace this owner's manual and realize the criticalness of our role in passing this thing forward. Psalm 145, 4, let each generation tell us children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Again, it's the framework of generations. We have to live by example as a Christ follower. And there's a passage in Scripture that shows us the stark responsibility that we have as Christ followers to instill that to the next generation. And that's found in the book of Judges, 
when they had come into the promised land, Moses was long gone. Joshua was the man. He was leading the people, fighting the people of the land, bringing the people of Israel in, seeing success because God was blessing everything they did. And then Joshua died. Let's look at Judges 2, 7 through 8 and verse 10. The people worshiped the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime and during the lifetimes of the elders who outlived Joshua. They had seen all the Lord's great works he had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. That whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. After them, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. How sad. How sad. I think that's one of the saddest scriptures in history. Because it's a generation lost. Not in the span of three or four or five generations where it slowly dwindled down. One generation failed to pass on the goodness of God. And a generation after them rose up who did not know the Lord. How sad. You know, this doesn't tell us how it happened. It's just that it happened. We've got to take this responsibility seriously. This is something that's been handed to you, and you make the choice whether to embrace it or to cast it aside. Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7 says this, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. It doesn't mean you get a... 40-pound King James Version and smack your kids on the head with it. It just means you live by example. It becomes a natural part of conversation because it is ingrained in you. It's part of your DNA, part of who you are. My father was a good man. But when I was about 9 or 10 years old, he became a godly man. He gave his heart to the Lord and he became passionate for the Lord. And he led our family into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And because of my parents' consistent example, and yeah, they made mistakes, but their heart was always in tune with the Lord. And because of their diligent lifestyle of being a Christ follower, as I grew up, I modeled that and I embraced that. And then I had my own family, Tammy and I and our two boys, embrace the Lord and, and move that on to our children. And now Aaron today has my grandson Elias, and he's pouring into Elias the goodness and the goodness of God, the, the goodness of having a relationship with the Lord. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Point number two is that God embraces the family through generational blessings. Again, my grandson, Elias, he's trying to figure out all these families, how they all relate to each other, you know, who's what, how is this work, and all that. And the other day, the family was over at the house, and Aaron was outside, his dad, my son. <laughs> Go through that again. And uh, uh, my grandson, Elias, was out there with him, and he came in. He said, Paul, Paul, that's me. He said, your son has a question for you. 
I said, what? He said, your son has a question for you. I said, who is my son? He laughed. He said, my daddy Aaron. I said, okay. So we went out and we talked. Whatever that was about, I don't even remember. But my point is this, that many of the things we enjoy today, the blessings that we take for granted that are in our lives, are the result of past generations who have worked hard to stoke the flame, to pass it on to the next generation. We are the recipients of that today. I want us to look at another example. This is when Moses was still in place. Joshua was fighting. They were making their way around uh, towards the end of Moses' life. Exodus 17, 11 through 13. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. So they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hand. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So think of this. When his hands were up holding the staff that God had touched, they were successful. When his hands went down, they were unsuccessful. They were being defeated. Now Joshua's down in the thick of battle. He's not sitting up there watching Moses. He's in the thick of battle just going after him. He's probably thinking, man, my strategy has got it, man. I am a warrior genius. I'm getting this thing. We are being successful. I knew this was the right path we should take. When all along it was Moses who was determining the success of the battle. Not Joshua. If Moses hadn't done his part, the word tells us they would have lost the battle. So we've got to understand that many times we think, man, I'm successful because I'm so smart. I'm successful because I have figured out this strategy to move forward and I'm going to leave everybody else in the dust. I am successful because I'm talented and I've got all these giftings. Watch out, world, here I come. When the truth of the matter, that may be partially true, but the truth of the matter is the wisdom of your forefathers has been poured into you. The understanding and giftings of those before you have been poured into you, giving you confidence to be able to move forward. We cannot negate that. My dad was a banker by career, but a musician by passion. He played trombone. I've got his trombone on the wall in the music room in my home with a couple of pictures of him during the big band era. And I remember as a little boy sitting in the den of our home on the piano bench with my dad, sitting in front of a Kimball upright piano. And he had a score sheet in front of him, and he was figuring out the parts and writing down on the score all the notes for all the different parts. And that's a pretty big undertaking. I mean, you've got first and second, third clarinet, first and second, third saxophone, and then all the, all the brass side. I mean, it's, it's a big undertaking. But he would write down all those parts just through his head. Incredible, incredible gifted musician. And I remember watching him as a little boy, and he put on the tux with the tails. You remember those? And he played in the Charlotte Symphony, and he would go off and play the trombone there. That's pretty cool. 
So see, I grew up in music, and my dad instilled in me the value of music. And my mother wanted to have a part of it too, so she signed me up for accordion lessons. Have mercy, Mom. And I remember sitting in this classroom with about 10 or 15 kids. Each of us had a little accordion just pumping that thing away. Wow. Well, after a while, we traded in that accordion for an acoustic guitar. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Moved on from there. But I got to say, that is part of my past. So I began to embrace music. And then I got married to Tammy. We had our boys. And music was always in our house. And Aaron became a musician, began playing drums. He's an excellent drummer today. And now my grandson, his son has watched his daddy play drums, and now he plays drums. That little fella can hit it. That boy's got some licks. I mean, he's got it down. I'm, I'm shocked at how good he is. But he also wants to play guitar like his pawpaw. I got one fan. That's the only one I need. So I'm pouring into my grandson. We got him a guitar for Christmas and showing him some different things. So you see how it just moves down through generations. Now listen. That's DNA. That's gifting. God's DNA means a whole lot more. You see, more than my father being an incredible musician, which I'm very proud of, I value more after he became a passionate believer. Every night when the house had shut down and all the lights were off, I remember laying in my bedroom with my covers pulled up, hearing my parents in the next bedroom, their bedroom, on their knees next to the bed, talking to the Lord. Thanking the Lord for the blessings of the day, talking to him about things that were going on, family, friends, that kind of thing. That's God's DNA. That's passed down from generation to generation to generation. And you may say, well, I'm a first generation believer. My parents didn't quite do that. They weren't anything like that. They didn't pass on any of that stuff to me. Well, you know what? You have a spiritual heritage and legacy that begins with you. You can be the patriarch of your family, kind of like Abraham was. You can be the godly man who changed it all, who cut off the past and began blessing for the future. Wow. Let's look at some examples. Dale Moody, we've all heard of him. He was born in a family of poverty. And his father died when he was four years old. He had nine siblings and his mother sent him away to work to be able to send money back to support the family. And it stated that she said, I don't have time for the Bible. I've got to raise all these kids. And yet, he became a passionate believer and evangelist who led thousands to the Lord through his ministry. Moody Institute today is because of him. He changed the course of his family because he stood up for Christ. How about Gideon in the Old Testament? He was the son of an idol worshiper. And he was down in the threshing floor, uh, I'm sorry, the wine press, threshing wheat as a coward, trying to stay away from the enemy so he wouldn't be seen. 
And the Lord said, Gideon, I've chosen you. And God called him and pulled him out, and God defined him. God made him into a mighty warrior who led a battle, and God brought the army down to 300 and went and defeated an army of many, many, many more. My wife, Tammy, she was born in an abusive and alcoholic home and raised in it. And Wow, I saw some things when I was dating her. I was shocked, shocked. But every Sunday and Wednesday night, church fan would come by their home and all those kids would pile into it. Consistent. And they all came to know the Lord and they're living for the Lord today. Tammy broke the cycle and said, no more. I choose blessing for my family. Turned it around. You can do that. 2 Corinthians 6.18, the Lord says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. You see, it's regardless of your predecessors how you move forward. You can choose blessing today and live it and pass it on. And you may say, well, I'm a second, third, fourth generation believer. My parents were godly. My grandparents were godly. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Think about David, King David. He wanted to build the temple, and the Lord said, you are not the man to do it. So he set up all these supplies and gave all these instructions, had the blueprint for the temple, and who built it? His son, Solomon. David Wilkerson, if you ever heard of him back in the 60s, The Cross and the Switchblade, a book and a movie was made about him. He went into New York, dealt with Nikki Cruz, all the gangs there, and ministered to them. And yet it said that his father consistently prayed to the Lord and said, don't take your hands off my boys. Don't let go of my sons. And I grew up in a godly home. And I have modeled what I saw the example of my parents. And I passed that on to my boys. And you may say, well, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Well, today is the beginning of your legacy. You're making the choice by your lifestyle and the example that you're setting for others. Your accomplishments today will be your children's success tomorrow. Psalm 115, 12 through 15 says this, The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is the scripture where the song, The Blessing by Carrie Job in Elevation Worship originated from. Some of the wording in that is, may his favor be upon you for a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Man, that's what I want. I want my great, great, great grandchildren to look back and say, Paul, Paul, Brian was a godly man. And I'm living well today because he stood strong. 
Amen? That's what we've got to be. Now, when I started in ministry back in the very early 90s, really it was the late 80s, but this point is the early 90s. That's a long time ago, man. Wow. I was working a full-time job. I was going to school at night, and I was a music pastor at a church, and we had this evangelist in who was there for a few evenings. And at one evening, he began speaking prophecy over people. And he called Tammy and I forward, and we stood before him. And he looked at us. He said, this is what the Lord says. Because of your faithfulness, I have blessed your children. Wow. Then I thought, hold on a minute. We don't have children. We have a child. He said, children, we only have a child. And I thought, you missed it, dude. You blew it. Get your facts straight, man. But I hid that in my heart. And years later, Tammy got pregnant and gave birth to our second son, Jonathan. Here's my point. You see, the Lord saw what I could not see. The Lord saw down the road and understood what would take place and spoke it before it even was. And the Lord was basically telling me and my wife, because you've been faithful to me, I will be faithful to you. Because you have blessed my children, I choose to bless yours. Now listen, I'm nothing special. Average Joe believer. Talk to anybody who knows me and it's like, yeah, yeah that, that's him. Nothing special. So if the Lord will do it for me, he will do it for you. Because that's who he is. That's his character. That's everything about him. And the last point is don't be the last link in the chain. Don't let it end with you. The blessings that you're enjoying today, don't hoard them. Don't be a hoarder. You've seen the shows on TV. Don't allow those blessings to all pile up in your house where you can't even move around. I'm so blessed I can't stand it. Man, pass it on. Remember, your children and those around you are watching you. What are they watching, man? They're watching everything. They're watching how you act, how you react, what you say, what you embrace, what you push aside. Your lifestyle is an example that they will embrace. Your legacy is something you want to pass on that's godly in nature. Psalm 112, 1 through 3. Hallelujah. Happy is the man who fears the Lord, taking great delight in his commands. His descendants will be powerful in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Again, you're setting the standard today for your legacy. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. For they will bring you many days of full life and well-being. As the worship team comes forward.
Man, it's never too late to start. Today is the day. Now is the hour. If you've been going one path and you know it's not right, turn it around, man. You have the choice. As long as you're breathing, you can make the change. Set the standard of godliness for those in your life. God is looking for men and women to start a legacy with. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. He's looking for you to rise up, to join and partner with you. A few weeks ago, Pastor gave out a book, Resting in His Shadow, a daily devotional. Uh, I don't know if everyone should have gotten one, but I've been reading it every day. And on day 59... There is a quote by Rick Warren. Short quote, it says this. When you live in the light of eternity, your values change. When you live in the light of eternity, your values change. Those spur-of-the-moment things don't take place quite so much. You second-guess the consequences of choices that you make because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the generations coming up after us. Did we provide a godly example for them to stand strong in the day of trouble? It's up to you, and it's up to me. One more scripture, Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him keep his commandments so my question to you today are you going to answer the call are you going to understand that it's bigger than you and I are you going to see the big picture Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are faithful. You are consistent. And Lord, that part of your character you want to place within us so that future generations will rise up and be blessed and call us blessed in the process. Lord, give us the strength to walk strong. To shield that shield of faith, Father, and that flame of faith, Lord, that it be strong within our lives to pass on. Through your faithfulness, we will be strong. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Amen. How many of you are putting your life on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and his word? Amen. That's the only firm foundation that we can have for our eternity. You know, that's the, the word of God is what we can use to build our life upon so that we can pass that to the next generation. How many of you appreciated that, uh, that message? Wasn't that powerful? Thank you so much, Pastor Brian. Henry. Just go by Brian. Go by B. But yeah, we appreciate you uh, speaking to us this morning and uh, giving us that powerful message. You know, I'm just reminded of uh, a scripture from Psalm uh, 145.1. It says that one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. You know, think about the different generations. Uh, Amanda and Anna have a podcast called One Generation to the Next. And uh, it kind of talks about stories and, you know, sharing those words. You've heard my parents and you've even, some of you have heard my grandparents share these stories. And we pass those stories down to the next generation. Talk about the mighty things that God has done. You know, I even have a Bible that my great-grandma gave to my grandpa when he started preaching. And that was given to me when my grandpa passed. And I'll give it to my child or grandchild someday. It's how awesome, you know, legacy that we have. But it's that Bible that was passed down. Now, you may not have a Bible from your great-grandparents, but still the, the Word of God that you can use as a, as a foundation for your life, but also for those next generations. As we, uh, as Pastor Brian read that scripture, you know, uh, I will raise my children up in the ways they should go so that when they are older, uh, they won't depart. I just thought about, you know, what about the prodigal son? You know, as we close in prayer today, I want to pray for those of you that you might have a child that was raised in church, but, you know, walked away from the Lord. And I just want to encourage you to say, you know what, it's, it's not over. You know, this message was encouraging for most of us, but for some of us, it could have been heavy. You know, we have a lot of people here today uh, in our church at first and second service that are expecting children. You know, that you maybe some of you for the first time. And it's just exciting, you know, to be like, you are here today and you're saying, I'm going to build my life on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and set that up for your children. That's exciting. For others of you, maybe you, you've uh, had difficult situations with your children. You, you, you weren't able to have children or you lost a child. Well, I just want to pray for you today. I just ask the Holy Spirit in the loving arms of, a, of the good Father to wrap his arms around you in this message, to feel the love of God. I don't have all the right words to say whatever I need to say to comfort you in this moment. But the Lord, like the Holy Spirit, his name is Comforter. And he can do that now as we, most importantly, just put our life on that firm foundation. Oh, and I wanted to say this. Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't have any biological children. I don't know that Paul had any children either. But these guys from the Bible, they say, these guys from the Bible, Jesus, God, all right, he can... He commands us. He says, go and make disciples. Honestly, that's really what we're supposed to do. Make spiritual children. Share the good news with everybody around us, all right? That's the most important thing that we can do with our biological children, with other people, whoever. So I just want to close in prayer today, all right? And just ask God to bless you as we walk out of here, putting our life on the Word of God and, and His church and His Spirit. Father, I thank you for this word that was given today. I pray that it would sink deep into our hearts. Lord, that we would walk away with it knowing that we have received something from you and from previous generations. Lord, we're going to share that with the next generation, whether it be with our biological children or with spiritual children or both. 
Lord, I pray that you would just bless each person here today. Those that are, um, you know, inflicted, Lord, with just the, the, the battle of, you know, children that had walked away from the Lord or other difficult parts of this message. Lord, I pray that you would comfort them, that they would know that uh, it is not over. Lord, we call those prodigal children home today. We ask, God, that you would convict their hearts and lives and that you'd bring them back. Lord, that they would uh, experience the presence of God and that they would love you and that the kindness of God would draw them to repentance. We just join with these parents today that are praying for their children. Lord, and for those that are expecting, Lord, we just thank you that they're here in this room today, or that they're watching online, and that they're saying, I'm building my life on the foundation of Jesus Christ, the Word of God in this church. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that their children would know you every day of their lives. Those that want children, Lord, I pray that you would just bless them with those kids. Father God, that you would fill them with everything that you have for us. God, that you would help us to all build our life on the foundation of Jesus Christ, your word of God, and that we would uh, make disciples and grow in Christ every day. Be with each person here today. Help fill us to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.